Do you enjoy this podcast? <laughs> Me too. And I bet you'd like this show to keep going. Same. Guess what? You can help that happen while also getting great rewards. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash memoriam. That's M-E-M-O-R-I-A-M, Memoriam. And you can donate money to help us keep these shows on the air. You can give us a one-time donation as small as $3, or you can become a Memoriam member and earn great rewards. What rewards, you ask? Well, um, besides the fact that you'd be helping us, which is a great reward in and of itself, you'd also have access to our full back catalog of all of our podcasts. You'd get preferential seating at any live events that you are attending. That's great. You'd be guaranteed to meet the cast at live events. Plus, you'll get members-only emails that contain lots of behind-the-scenes information about all things Memoriam, including stuff about this show you're listening to right now. So how about you go to buymeacoffee.com slash memoriam and help a podcast out. everyone, it's Nick Mataragas, uh, producer of Freak of the Week, and I just wanted to give you a little bit of an update of what's going on. As you can imagine, production of the show has definitely been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, just so you get a little bit of behind-the-scenes information, the way we record the show is uh, we actually do it in one room. So we take all of our actors, put them in one room, and we record episodes that way. So all the callers, um, all the experts, um, Amanda, who plays Elizabeth, uh, David Hickney, they're all in the room together, recording together. And the reason that's important for us is because um, the show's improvised. And I, I think, uh, you know, you can probably understand why that would be important, um, because we have to be able to look at each other and connect to each other. And also, it helps the timing. Um, a lot of shows are doing Zoom right now. And it works for some shows. It doesn't work for some shows. I don't think it would work well enough for our show. And we want to make sure that we give you the best audio quality possible. And that, and, and not just quality of audio, but quality of performance. And I don't think Zoom can do that for our show. And for that reason, um, we're going to be taking a brief hiatus, um, up until we can actually just start recording again. Uh, so we're looking at, you know, midsummer, hopefully. And as soon as we start recording episodes, we're going to be, you know, putting them out for you to listen to as well. Uh, I have to tell you the second half of season three here is going to be fantastic. Um, some of our show premises are amazing. Um, there are, we're going to take things to, to new levels with David Hickney and, um, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, I was looking forward to it even before this, but now that, you know, we're, we have to sit and wait, I am super looking forward to it. And I hope you are too. Now I didn't want to leave you with just that. Um, so, um, right after this, I'm going, it's going to play a, a panel that I did, um, at Wizard World Chicago back in 2019 in August about paranormal podcasting. So I talk a lot about, um, Freak of the Week and David Hickney and how we do it and what goes into my thought process behind the show. And, you know, you also get to hear from a lot of other great paranormal podcasts from the Chicagoland area. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you find it illuminating towards what we've been doing and um i look forward to you having the chance to listen to more of our stuff in the future thank you so much for listening well good afternoon everyone and welcome to our panel on paranormal podcasting there's a lot of p words in there. <laughs> our panel on paranormal podcasting my name is david flora uh i'm the host of the blurry photos podcast which is a show that explores the unexplained Mysteries in History, Weird Folklore, and I was named the Chicago Reader's Best Podcast in 2017. 
And I've been podcasting for seven years. I'm honored to be the moderator today. Today is his seventh anniversary of podcasting. It's true. It's true. Yeah. There's some pandering to it. Thank you. $15, please. Um, Joining me on the panel today, he is one of the hosts of Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast that takes a look at different topics in conspiracy, the unexplained in Fortiana, and was most recently nominated for a Webby Award for Best Podcast, Brent Hand. Next, we have the host of Blastro Podcast, a Parsec Award-winning science-slash-comedy show, uh, and you can hear him on the audio dramas Our Fair City and Unwell, Mark Soloff. Hey. He is the one dressed as a bear. Uh, <laughs> you, can thank, you can thank our next panelist for being showrunner of Freak of the Week, an improvised call-in show about completely made-up creatures and phenomena, hosted by David Hickney, who is definitely not our panelist using a voice, <laughs> Nick Mataragas. And finally, we have the host of the weekly live radio slash video show, Bob After Dark, which covers everything from cryptozoology, ghost stories, the occult, and aliens, Bob Anderson. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you for being here today. I'd like to start by giving you guys an overview of what we're going to be covering, um, because all of our shows deal with or are inspired by or have discussed the paranormal, mysteries of the unknown, and topics that go along with them. But not all of us have the same approach when we put a show like that together. Uh, Our panelists are going to give you their different perspectives and experiences on making a show based on these subjects, including how they pick topics, uh, how they research them, what obstacles they face when producing their shows, and so on and so forth. So uh, we'll try to leave some room at the end to take any questions from you guys that you might have. But uh, let's begin now with the show concept. Uh, there, are, there are a ton of topics that are worthy of doing a show on or to be inspired by. How do you guys go about picking a topic for a show? And are there any specific elements or details you look for or look to avoid? Uh, let's start with Brent. Mm-hmm. We're pretty open. We, we pick, so I, I co-host Hysteria 51 with iHeartRadio, and we Pick, so my, my co-host John and I pick things that we want to talk about, and we talk about anything that we have found, the two paranormal being it, ghosts, things like that, aliens, uh, conspiracies, anything that, that is in those realm is not off of our plate for us. And what we try to do is just pick topics that, number one, you got to hit the heavy hitters, the big ones that everyone does, but number two, we also try to pick ones that don't always get covered, but... I find are fascinating. And the thing I do that my wife hates is I'm constantly buying books and reading them, and they're not always... Uh, my, my fear is that one day I'm going to get an accident, and like they come to my house and see my, my bookshelf, and people are like, dear God, what is this guy? But I swear, it's for work, you know? And so there's so many topics like that that we pick, and literally just comes down to what do I think is fun to talk about, and what do I want to hear about on the show? Can you give an example of what would be a... Something lesser known that uh, that you might pick? Uh, like this last week, I, it was fresh in my mind. I just had a, a gentleman on who who uh, has written two books and done two documentaries that the the uh, pyramid, the Great Pyramid, is actually a water pump, and they used uh, lost technology to lift giant uh, boulders to cause electrolysis. It gets out there. But, you know, I'd never, I'd heard of the water pump theory, and this guy has literally spent 30 years of his life going into this. Mm-hmm. So we gave him the floor and we talked to him because I thought it was fascinating to hear it. Hmm. I don't agree with anything he said, but hey, <laughs> I, I had a blast listening to him. We, we'll get to that in a bit, too. Um, <laughs> Nick, how about you? Uh, well, since uh, my show is completely made up, uh, a lot of it goes into um, reference. So a lot of our subjects, because uh, we do it weekly, so each week is a different subject. Uh, a lot of them are are satirical or observation observational about society today. So, like we did um, zombies, but they became zombies from eating Tide Pods, uh, things like that. And so, I try to find so things. realistic. Is yeah, what no, yeah. very realistic. All of it's very no. Um, but I like I, I I use the paranormal as a way of of creating like metaphor or 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 fable within our own society. So I think of these things, and it's usually. Just a random idea that pops in my head, and then eventually 
I write it on my whiteboard, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to do an episode on that. Um, and so we, we, we always try to do something that has something to say. So it's not just like, you know, we're going to talk about a ghost that's like this. Or it, it, it's definitely, uh, there's always an angle to it in what we do. Cool. How about you, Mark? Uh, so I'm a little bit of the um, black sheep, uh, the black bear <laughs> of this uh, panel. I do a science comedy show, and we have touched on some nearly supernatural topics, but it's mostly science topics. So in general, um, my first and foremost thing is if somebody contacts me, if a listener contacts me and says, when are you going to do a show about semiconductors? When are you going to do a show about the ozone? That gets high on my list because in my opinion, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a huge celebrity person. And if my listener wants to hear about something, like I feel like I want to give that to them. Um, other than that, my show is very dependent on the guest and the guest kind of has to teach me some of the science because I play an idiot doctor. Um, <laughs> Commedia, uh, it's, it's it's Italian Renaissance. This guy's is out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the guest ideally should be interested and passionate about the topic because if the, your guest is into it, they're going to bring stuff that you didn't know about or that you didn't foresee. And if they have genuine enthusiasm about the topic, then that's going to make for a better, more entertaining episode. So those are like the two main things: requests and what my guest is into. Beyond that, stuff that I'm personally into, and then beyond that, something that's hot in the news. If there's an earthquake or something, I might do an earthquake episode to kind of dovetail that. Hmm. And uh, how about you, Bob? All right, so the most non-professional answer would be I have a dartboard set up on my wall with a bunch of topics, and I just throw something at it, and whatever falls down is what I talk about. That's how I feel it is. But not, most, not whatever the dart sticks. It's, it's whatever, whatever falls. falls yeah. down. Oh, I'm talking about the public monster this week? All right. No, so honestly, it's all about inspiration, whatever comes to me. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of fans that request a lot of things for me to talk about, and sometimes I go with what they say. Sometimes I theme my entire month of episodes based on something. For example, I did American Folklore Month, which turned out to be a complete and utter disaster. But I, uh, it just depends. It, um, sometimes it's inspiration. Other times I'll have um, uh, guests and they'll pretty much dictate the entire episode. For example, like this past week I had a paranormal investigator slash documentary filmmaker on, and I just let him do the entire topic. So it just really depends on what's I'll going on. I'll be back on. at 45, so uh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and take, it, take over. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, that's, it's just it's all about inspiration and what the people want to hear and whatever my dartboard tells me. The dartboard's totally a joke, by the way. I'm somewhat professional. <laughs> uh, do you guys, is there any particular goal to each episode? Or is there, like in other words, do you seek to teach about a subject uh, or to persuade or just entertain? How do you guys deal with that? Mark, let's start with you. So for me, entertainment is first and foremost. Um, it is a science show, but it's also a comedy show. And I'm sure as many of you have witnessed with your teachers in school or maybe in church or religious institutions, if someone's like a poor public speaker or somebody's boring, they can make the most interesting content super dull. So ideally, my perfect podcast episode is really fun to listen to. And then the second goal, side quest, is that you learn something. Cool. Nick? Uh, very similar. I would say for my show, 90% of it is uh, to get the listener to be entertained. Uh, the other 10% is to get um, the show's counterpoint, who is she's played by a great actress who gets frustrated because she plays the skeptic in the show, uh, to have a breakdown by the end of the episode. That's the other 10%. <laughs> So you've got an entertainment and a goal. Yeah. Personal goal. <laughs> Brent, how about you? Yeah, I, I think that entertainment is a given because we're doing a podcast. You want people to listen. So if it's dry and it's not entertaining, that's the thing. The format we use is we always tell the whole story, you know, whether it be one episode that's an hour or a two-part or whatever. We always make the joke that if you actually listen, you might learn something because we are going to tell you the whole story. Now, the thing that we do on, on Hysteria 51 that's a little bit different is I tell you what I think. Now, that doesn't mean that, it, that I'm right, but I tell you if I think something's real. If we dive into a paranormal investigation, like ghosts or, you know, name it, I'm going to tell you if I think the person was telling the truth. I'm going to tell you if I think that they were, were lying. 
And we do that through a lot of different ways. We also talk to a lot of scientists and things like that. And we use science to try to break things down. Some people love that. Some people don't because that's not what they're, they want to hear. They just want to hear the story and then they can make up their mind. Yeah. I tell you what I'm thinking, for better yeah. or worse. And Bob? Edutainment, I think, is the term for mm-hmm. me. My, uh, my big goal, obviously, I think everybody's answer is the same. It's, ed- it's entertainment. You guys wouldn't be listening if you weren't entertained in some regard. My second part's all about education. If I could shine a light on a topic that's not normally talked about in textbooks, but that totally happened, like origin stories of holidays, for example. Every holiday that comes up, I usually give some sort of paganistic background on what the holiday's all about. I'm glad I could teach you something. And the other part of it is I want to give a voice to the people that don't have voices. A lot of the people that listen to my show practice the occult. That's their religion. They're witches. They're pagans, whatever it might be. I want to give them a safe place where they can go and listen and they don't have to feel like weird. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I practice witchcraft as my main religion. I want to give them a place where they can go and they can have a voice and they can talk about their spellcraft and their deities that they practice to where they won't feel persecuted. Mm-hmm. So I got three parts to that answer. And do they, do they get a chance to... <laughs> Sorry. No. Do I was they... just going to say it's <clears throat> funny that you have to give a safe place to Satan. You know what I mean, or something. Like that. <laughs> you are safe here. But it's, it's the it's the truth. Though. It is I, no, it's absolutely true. I grew up true. Catholic, by the way, and I still let my satanic friends be happily joined on my show. That's just how that works. But I was, gonna, what were you going to ask me? I was going to ask do and they they actually come on the show. Oh, they I have guests. In. I have guests. I have call-ins, and then my uh, my show live streams every week. Mm-hmm. So I have a a chat room. I know that might take you back a few decades to hear that term, but. I do have a chat room that people can kind of go and then they chime in and whatever I'm talking about throughout the week and I, whatever it might be, if it happens to be something about Alter Care 101, for example, then the witch community may be like, oh, I like to use Dawn dish detergent on my, you know, my altar cloth. I just made that up, by the way. It's not a conversation, <laughs> but it's a chance for people to share and feel comfortable in their own environment. Yeah. And skeptics are welcome, too. It's kind of a cool thing that I get to do for my show. Cool, cool. Well, let's talk about how shows are constructed, because once, once you have a topic picked, then you have to either research or get content for it. So how do you guys generally um, get your information for your topics? Nick, let's start with you. Uh, so because my show is improvised, what I do is um, once we have the topic picked, I come up with like four or five bullet points that I make up about the creature or phenomena that week. And then um, everything else is built as we go in the episode. So it's, it really relies on the improvisers to help build that thing and make it more rich. And that's kind of the big challenge and the big goal of the show is to do that. And do your improvisers, uh, people that come on, do, they, do you make them research or do you like give them a list of like facts or how does that work? So uh, that's a great question. So sometimes uh, our first season I let everybody know what we were doing for each episode ahead of time. So they can kind of think about it. Um, this last season, we did it kind of raw, where I would be like, okay, here's the thing. And I'd give them a sheet and have just like four bullet points on it. And everything else, uh, it's funny because we'll sit around a table to, to record and they'll write stuff as we're going down so that they're figuring out what is going on. And then, you know, somebody will say something, they'll have to scratch it off. And it just, it's, it's kind of a fun, weirdly chaotic and yet somehow works way of doing it. Nice. Brent, how do you guys uh, pick... Or get your information and research stuff. So we book out, so our show's planned through the end of the year. So we're always kind of ahead, you know, when we schedule. And we pick topics, you know, like I said, we pick them, people suggest them, things like that. Um, I do our outlines, and I'll do my own research, and my co-host John will do his research. Then we come together. So I'll write the outline, I give it to him. Then he goes over it. And we don't write out the show. We don't have a script, but we do bullet points Mm -hmm. of things that we want to talk about to make sure that we don't miss anything. And then uh, we just put that together. And we have a research assistant, too. Uh, we hired a, a gentleman named Raymond Walden IV. How stately does that sound? <laughs> and uh, he, sound, he helps us with, uh, with research as well. And that's awesome to you know, be able to say, here, do this, and come back to me when you got something. Cool, yeah. cool. Uh, Bob, you, you talked about, like, for the um, holiday stuff. So how do, you, how do you research those topics? To be completely honest, and this is going to sound like like the greatest stereotypical occultist dancer ever, I have a library at my house. So I have books on books on books on books. And, you know, the beautiful thing about living in the year 2019 is I literally have a library at the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. 
I could find whatever bit of information I need on any given topic at any given time. And I could just pull it out on my phone and kind of look at it and make sure it's not just some schmuck writing up an article about something. I, I pro- If my show's an hour, I probably put 10 to 12 hours of research into my show before I actually produce it. My, uh, I, my co-host and I know our topics. My producer does not know my topic at all until I walk in the door, so he has no idea. But me and my co-host go back and forth, and we're making sure that we're not going to you know, overlap. overlap, yeah, mm-hmm. because we both do, you know, where it's live. So what we talk about is what we is one one. I don't have time to go back and edit. Yeah. So yeah. we have to make sure that if we're on the same page. If he's the spiritualist, I'm the physicalist. So he'll talk about the spiritual side of things. I'll talk about concrete evidence yeah. or lack thereof for skeptics in the room. So, and you mentioned something about um, making sure something's not written by a schmuck, uh, which leads to the next question, like how do you vet your information or who you talk to in the research? Mark, you have uh, guests on uh, to do that. Do you ever, is, is there a process to make sure either they know what they're talking about or that uh, they're not just going to come on and be like, oh yeah, I like this. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, so for me, um, since we're talking about basic science concepts on my show, um, it's pretty easy to uh, kind of tell what the BS is and what the accurate science is. Um, And so if one of my guests is coming at me with a bunch of misinformation... uh, Like say the pyramid was a water pump or something like that? It was a water pump! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The beauty of it is it's a podcast. I don't live stream. So I can pause and say, hey, okay, uh, sound... They, they say it travels in a particle and in waveform. So let's, mm-hmm. let's say that. <laughs> and, you know, if, I've never had a guest fight me real hard on, no, the science is this. Um, but we do really basic science that you'd learn in school. So that's not an issue for me. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> I've had the opposite of that. Yeah. We, we did a, a roundtable on our show. Not exactly paranormal. We did a flat earth roundtable. We had two flat earthers on, and we had uh, a worker from NASA, a worker from SpaceX, and an astrophysicist, a PhD. And I've just never seen someone look at people that have you know, doctorates and say, you're wrong and you're a shill. And I've yes. vetted this myself because I read you know, page two of Bing you know, yeah, and Google, the, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I know that the Earth is flat. So... Mileage may vary on that one, yeah. you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, everyone's truth is someone else's lie, I guess. That hmm. might have been the greatest conversation ever. It is hard to listen to. So we all, <laughs> we all agree the Earth is flat, right? That's a given, yeah. yeah. The Earth is flat, the, the sun is an electrical light, and we're all under a firmament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... That's just a given. I'm sorry. Surrounded by an ice it's wall. It's also hollow, right? So the flat part is Let's hollow. not get on track here. It's, it's filled with Oreo <laughs> cookie filling, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Bob, do you do you vet? Uh, I mean, you, you talked about research and that stuff. When your guests come on, do you just let them go? Uh, do you ever? Are you, has there ever been anybody that you're like, you know what? I can't talk to this person. My super fans. You can't talk to your super fans. <laughs> not, I'm joking. My uh, my super fans are very much in tune with what I'm doing, uh-huh. and they're very much dedicated. But no, as far as like my research and people like that. If I'm reading an article on, let's say, historical sightings of Sasquatch, for example, going to WikiHow and how to track the Sasquatch probably is not the best place to find it, given that we're talking about a very outlandish concept, right? I'm a believer, so I believe in it, but WikiHow is probably not the most credible for the outlandish stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if, you have, if you're a doctor with a paleontology background or you're you know, a park ranger, that's talking about this kind of thing. You probably have a little bit more credible source than Henry, the Bigfoot guy out of Omaha. Omaha. Yeah. It's pronounced Bobo, (laughs) I think. (laughs) So that's, you know, there's, um, no. So I guess if my guests come on and they're just being like that kind of guest, I'm like, oh boy, this turned out to be a great episode. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I mean, that, uh, that also kind of plays into whether or not we have show obstacles, right? Like things that uh, we have to get by or, or deal with, roll with the punches and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the stuff, like you were talking about, Brent, could be considered pretty far out there in terms right. of belie- believability. Right. So how do you guys balance skepticality or belief 
uh, when you're evaluating a case or you're talking to somebody. Nick, how about you? Um, so generally, uh, because our show is completely made up, uh, 90% of it is belief. Uh, the, the, hard, the biggest struggle with, uh, for our show is not getting too stuck in the kind of tropes that people think about for um, overzealous believers um, or people like that are just like, this is the thing. Um, you know, so we, we have to talk to like our cast a lot about like, hey, you know, you don't have to lock somebody in the basement every week. Or, you know, not everyone has a southern accent. Who hasn't had that talk with a friend? Those, those are real talks we've had to have with cats. It's kind of amazing. But those are kind of more of the obstacles that we have. I see. Uh, and as, a, as, as you just said, believer, Bob, do you ever have people come on and you're like, even I can't believe that, or this, somebody is being too skeptical? or anything My like own that? self, to be completely honest. So if I could share just a quick story. Back in May... I legitimately thought it was going to be a badass idea, excuse my language, bad, great idea to do American Folklore Month. And I was going to cover things like Johnny Appleseed and Paul Bunyan. And let me tell you, after week two, because I didn't want to give up on the concept, there is absolutely nothing paranormal about Paul Bunyan or Johnny Appleseed. I was reaching for the fences to legitimately get any kind of information out of my show. I called my, one of my producers on my drive into the station one night, and I'm like, all right, I got a page of notes on Johnny Appleseed, and guess what? There's nothing. <laughs> he was a land baron. There's nothing paranormal about him. So at that point, I became my own skeptic, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So that's the biggest obstacle is, like, you pick out a topic and you think, this is my topic. This is going to be the big one. People are going to listen to my episode about Johnny Appleseed. And it was well-reviewed. I got done with that episode. I went straight to the bar and poured my, got me a drink, and I was like, no more Johnny Apples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent, how about you? you know, it's, what was the question again? I think I got it lost. It was uh, <laughs> balancing skepticality, oh, belief. You yeah, know. yeah. So for Johnny Appleseed and me, now, uh, <laughs> I have a co-host, and my co-host is uber, uber, uber skeptical. And I'm more, I don't want to say, I, I like to think of myself as skeptically optimistic. I'd love for a lot of things, whether it be if we're going down a, a ghost story or an alien or whatever, I am the one that is rooting for it, so to speak. My, my co-host is the one that wouldn't believe something if it happened to him. I think he would be more of the denier. So we kind of balance each other out. Now, I say those things, that's when we started out, and now we're three years in, and we've kind of met in the middle a little bit more, you know? Hmm. And I think not only me being the only person doing it, but having a co-host, we do that. Now, you look at topics, and some of them just are so outlandish that you can't not be skeptical. And I told you that we're a show that does say we believe this and we don't believe that. And I think that's important. Not everyone loves that, like I said, but that's important to us. So... It's hard to do, but um, you got to draw a line sometime, and, and I'm not afraid to say I don't believe this if I don't. Cool. For um, better or worse. Mark, huh? when, when you... <laughs> uh, so you say you, you're playing a character on Blastro Podcast. Oh, I neglected to mention that, didn't I? I, I think you said it. Um, I've done so many panels today. <laughs> <laughs> this is his third bear outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I go through them like candy. Um, so... Is there does does this apply or is it better when there's you know a, a very far out there thing? So okay, <laughs> the, the ears came off. Uh, <laughs> the, the ears coming off. I am very fortunate in that I do play a fictional character as the host of my podcast. It's like Space Ghost Coast to Coast sort of deal. So if somebody is getting the science wrong, or for example, I had an episode on ghosts and my guest was like, "Yeah, ghosts are real, totally," and. I got to play the role of this very opinionated, cartoonish doctor character who was able to sort of shout and yell and make a fuss about how he doesn't believe that. So in the end, the listener is allowed to determine whatever they want because the host, the champion of science, is an idiot. And you might know the science is real, but like what he's saying is wrong. So I think that it's not... My show is not fair and balanced. It's definitely skews on the side of hard facts um, and skepticism, but you don't have to take the host seriously. He's not a great person. So uh, there, there is that little bit of um, 
sugar with the medicine. Mm -hmm. I, redirect counselor. Uh, yeah, I think the... I'll allow it. <laughs> I think an important thing is most of the topics we're talking about aren't life or death, you know, and people that are listening, if you're familiar with it, when you go to our show, a lot of times you've already made up your mind. And that's not a bad thing. And even if we come out with information that might skew it one way or the other, if you don't believe that, you want to believe the other way, most of the time that's not hurting. Now, I say most of the time because we do cover some horrible topics that delve into, you know, Nazis and horrible dark, things, yeah, dark, dark stuff, dark you know, stuff. like, because you start talking about aliens and reptilians and you get down a, a, yep. a dark road. But, you know, for the most part, it's not hurting. And so, you know, I, I never want to dis anyone for holding out for something or not wanting to think something skeptical. Yeah. And is that, um, does that conjure up a lot of uh, vitriol or like a lot of... Uh, a lot of emails, yes. A lot of emails, <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, people that emails are not happy with your stance? Sometimes or? because we'll, we'll dig into things and we talk to people and, um, you know, I'm, uh, we talk to a lot of, you know, like I said, we've had astrophysicists, we've had... Uh, PhDs that, that work in nanoparticles and stuff, and we look at things and they'll say, on the surface, this cannot be true. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. So you say that, and that's a hard pill for someone to swallow, especially when they're like, well, my grandfather went through this, or I saw this, or that or the other. Now you start talking about paranormal things, and, and, and some of that can go, well, it's paranormal. It's not supposed to uh, be scientifically provable. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. take it or leave it. You know? Yeah. Um, and Bob, if, if you have a, do you ever having callers call in that are very opinionated about the stuff you're talking about? Yeah, I do. Um, my show draws in a lot of, I'm going to use the term weirdo, but in a very good way because I'm a weirdo myself. My show draws in a lot of weirdos, so I do get a lot of callers that'll call in. And, for example, if I'm talking about like an occulty thing, somebody may call in and be like, you know, you're a heretic. It wouldn't be the first time that I've had somebody come up to me and be like, you know, you're going to burn mm -hmm. for this topic. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, no, I mean, I get that. And you touch on a lot of touchy subjects. You're bringing up, like, the Nazi kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Dealing with what we talk about, you get that a lot. And well, I paranormal think, and the occult, you yep. can't steer away from stuff very long, and it goes down those paths. Yep. Or if you're digging into a... Anything in the occult, you know, with paranormal, unfortunately, it's got they have their fingers in it. Yeah. And so you can bury your head or you can go, well, this is disgusting stuff, but we're going to talk we, about it. I feel like if you, especially because I'm a big education guy as far as my show is concerned, I feel like if you skip over a topic that is that important, you're not giving the whole story. It sucks. Mm -hmm. It happened. But this is the story behind it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of the appeal of it, too, I yeah. think, for people. You know, they want to hear... That's why I think like true crime stuff is so popular these days. You sure. know, it's it's pretty dark. That but true it's, crime, it's so hot right it's now. It's so hot. <laughs> uh, Nick, do you ever deal with any of that, uh, that kind of hate? <laughs> I luckily have not, mostly because it's all in good jest. But I have uh, actually have a couple friends who do a paranormal podcast uh, called Ghostly, which is great if you ever want to listen to a great uh, podcast. Yeah, you, you yeah, know them. Yep. Um, and uh, one, they, they do it in a format where one is a skeptic and one is a believer. And um, he gets so, the skeptic, hey, I talk to him a lot, and he's like, I get these reviews and emails where they're like, yeah, you got to stop attacking the, attacking the believer on the show. Here's the thing. He is like the sweetest, nicest person to, they're, they're just like always really nice to each other on the show. And so it's like these people, are like sometimes listeners, they either believe or don't believe, and they get angry about the other mm. side, even if it, there's like that civility. Like, mm -hmm. they don't, they, like, they almost miss that. Yeah. Well, we, we talk to people that, that have had paranormal experiences. We have people that, you know, have owned, quote-unquote, haunted places, and they do tours, and you'll have five people that go in and have an experience, and five of them have experienced it differently, and two of them won't talk about it and don't believe it, even though it might have happened to them. That filters into all of it, you know what I mean? And so... Paranormal is such a hard thing. In you know, it's the whole. It's almost like the telephone tree. You you get, but different. Like you, fifteen people see something. You have fifteen different right. styles of answer, mm -hmm. and three of them don't believe they actually saw it. It's kind of like that movie uh, Misery, the Stephen King movie, where mm -hmm. she captures the author right, and she ties him up to the bed and breaks his ankles. I feel like people want your uh, 
your belief to follow, there's 100% at times. And they're going to get very mightily angry with you if you don't follow their belief system Mm -hmm. to a T. Mm -hmm. For example, when I got attacked by the super conservative Christian, no offense to Christians in the house, I am one myself, but I got attacked and the guy came up to me and was like, you're going to burn for this and this is heresy, blah, 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 blah. If you're not going to believe 100% what they're going to believe, I believe that extremists do come about on both ends, skeptical and belief. Yeah. Yeah. Also, stop tying us to beds. (laughs) (laughs) My my ankles have been broken way too many times. No one's tying up those legs. (laughs) (laughs) That's the top tier Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, we could talk about uh, being tied to beds all day, but... um, We would like to make sure we get we're, some We're questions. here to talk about floating above beds more That's like right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a practical thing to tie somebody to the bed. Um, we'd like to take some questions from you guys. Does anybody have a, a question either for a specific panelist or for anybody in general? Can I point out, I just, you are impeccably dressed. I just, can you stand up real quick? Because that is, you have to be the, the best dressed person. And you in the front... Uh, I love, can we see your shirt too? Because that's just. Oh, oh. Brent has planted some folks in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I did not bring the man in black, by the way. I did actually. <laughs> Fun fact, I did. As long as we're uh, derailing. <laughs> Hi, Mark Soloff, Blastro Podcast. <laughs> by a show of hands, can I see who out there has a podcast or is thinking about making their own podcast? One, two. One, two, yeah. Wow, awesome. Thank you, everybody else, for coming to this. Uh, people with a podcast, when I, I never get hate mail. Everybody loves what I do. Like, all 12 of my listeners are on board. But for the people who are interested in making their own show, I'd say make the show that you want to listen to. And if somebody listens and is like, I disagree with this, you got to change what you're doing. Like, no, you don't. They don't have to listen to it. Generally, podcasts are free. If you're putting out what you believe in and what you mm-hmm. want to hear, you're contributing to the universe, the podscape. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's all you're obligated to do. You don't have to bend your show to fit somebody else's expectations. Good point. Thank you. Back to Bear. <laughs> uh, so, does anybody have any questions for anybody? Could be on anything, any experiences, topics, making a show. Yes. Equipment. Brent, how about you? Uh, so we have a dedicated studio, so we use condenser mics. Um, they pick up a lot of the outside noise, but I think they do a really good job of, of sounding well if you don't have if you have a space that's that's confined. Um, we're sponsored by Behringer, so most of my all my stuff is Behringer. I actually use preamps and uh, preamps just make it sound a little better. We have a limiter gate and uh, a board that uh, dumps everything into it. Uh, MXL uh, is our mics. Um, some people love them. Some people hate them. We just actually are switching uh, to Shure SMB, SM7B mics. So, um, but yeah, we have a, a dedicated studio that we, we podcast. Out. Are those uh, are those also They're, condenser? They are not. They're dynamic? Or they what? are dynamic. Yes. They a little will be more dynamic. focused sound. Yep. Um, yep. What, about, what about you guys? Uh, I I use uh, Dynamics because I don't have a studio, um, and so you, you you get way too much sound on a condenser uh, if if you can't control the sound around you. Um, and I run them into a, a Euphoria audio interface, which runs directly into my laptop. So it's a pretty easy setup, and it gets me pretty decent sound. What software do you use to record? Oh, I, I use Audacity because I'm cheap. <laughs> I use a, a Audition, Adobe Audition. Adobe Audition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you do too, don't you, Mark? I don't use uh, Audition. I've been transitioning from my PC tower to a Mac laptop, so I've just started. That's a that's a transition. It's a transition. Yeah. So I've started um, messing around with GarageBand. Uh, don't know if I'm super happy with it, but I at the end I always do post production stuff with Audacity. Um, so hmm. I'm pretty happy, and I also have an Akai mixer. The mm-hmm. uh, Pro, I forget what the number is, but it's... EIE something. Yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's the Blurry Photo Special. I stole it from watching what David Flora had. Um, yeah, and then I've just got, like, the most affordable, reasonable Amazon cardioid microphones. 
I forgot what brand they are. You can tell. <laughs> the quality goes in before the podcast goes out. I always tell people, don't get too hung up, especially in the beginning. Like, you can start a podcast with your phone, you know, yeah. and record and see if it's for you. See if you have a voice. See if you enjoy it, because some people don't. They, they pod fade, you know, that you start doing and you get out of it. And then if you do, you can start buying equipment, and that can be a slippery slope to go down to. I mean, we have a full rack. Uh, you know, in our our studio, and um, it's not needed always. You know what I mean. So you can start with your phone and record it, and and uh, see how it sounds, and put it out there. And and the the best thing to do if you want to start a podcast is to tell people about it, tell people what you're doing, reach out to other podcasts, go to paranormal conventions, go to paranormal. You know, we live in an amazing city. I don't know if you're all from Chicago. There's constantly ghost walks and paranormal conferences and if you go to meetup there's 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 meetups you can go to and meet things like that and like-minded people and talking and and interview people and it's a process and it's fun it's a lot of fun uh bob do you use primarily just the studio's stuff the studio 100 percent, and then um my facebook live stuff's all just phone stock stuff and it that's what started me off was my phone my phone stock equipment and that got me legitimately a following until I got picked up for syndication on the radio station. So yeah, when I say studio, I mean radio. Yeah, well, radio I mean they, they're they're condenser mics, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So I was going to come up with a fun answer and be like two two tin, uh, tin cans and some string, mm-hmm. but you know, didn't sound funny in my head. Get a so friend who spent way too much money and then use his stuff or her stuff for free. <laughs> That's the best. That's my radio station. Is yeah. my friend that spent a yep. ton of money on their equipment. I'm like. Hey guys, how you doing? I think someone over here had a question. Yeah, who else? Yeah, I just it's a general question. I'm you know older guy, and I've been following the paranormal since I'm like seven years old. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of like seen everything, heard everything, read everything. How do you guys avoid just retreading the ground that everyone's gone over? How do you make <laughs> yourselves stand out? Make yourselves someone that I want to listen to, where I have heard the story fourteen different times. That's a fantastic question. question. Mm -hmm. And it's one that we get all the time. And and I think the the big thing is if you're going to go over the same topics other people have done, some of them you have to. One thing I do is I don't try, I try not to listen to other shows Mm -hmm. because no matter, it's like if you're a comedian, they say you'll find other people's jokes slipping into your act, Mm -hmm. not on purpose. You can find those same tropes with us. If you find your voice, and that is a generic term, but, like, one of the things we do, like, I, John and I have a banter. My co-host and I have known each other for over 30 years. We fight like we're married. And we fight like we're married over the topics because we don't agree 90% of the time. And I think that's some of the charm, if I can use that term. It's real hard to not have the same genetic. How many shows are the exact same cookie cutter? TV shows. You know, you know, especially, especially in the paranormal world. And that's something that we set out because, I know for my show... We didn't want to do that, so we said, how can we be different? Well, we wanted to be more like a conversation where, where you learn the entire story or a conversation with the people that were involved in it and that to try to set ourselves apart. And I think we've done an okay job doing that. It's hard. It's very hard. And you're in a sea of other people that are trying to do the exact same thing and everyone's trying to push each other down to get to the top. It's hard to do. What? <laughs> Not you, buddy. I'll move over on that on that door, and you can get up next to me. It is tough, Rose, or whatever. I. It's one of those things where you kind of have to just do your own thing, and then if it's good enough, people will listen. And as long as you're not trying to be another show, usually that's you know it's good enough. Uh, but definitely, you got to have you got to have good quality, you know. Good quality audio, good quality research, storytelling, presentation, all that kind of stuff. It, it very much helps. What I find is if you can wear a suit and surround yourselves with people that are dressed in T-shirts and bear outfits, you'll stand out, if at all possible. And uh, <laughs> that'll really make you stand out. Wear Bob, you, yeah. that sparked something. I, um, <laughs> two bits of advice. One, I started off as a late-night talk show. And somehow I ended up into the paranormal world. Don't know how that happened. But now I uh, treat my show as a late-night talk show for the paranormal. So I'm an edutainment show. 
my second bit of advice and second bit to that answering your question is not to be afraid of change. If you're going to go around, go and sit down and I'm going to be the serious occultist and I'm going to be this person, you're, you may sound like every other show out there. You've got to think of what, what, what can you change about yourself to be out there a little different and don't be too proud. That's, I guess, my best answer to that is it's okay to switch things up if it's not working. Mm. Don't, don't think your answer is always going to be correct. I started off as an inter, a late-night talk show, and now I'm a late-night talk show that talks about the chupacabra. I mean, <laughs> But also, don't get caught up in trying to do what everybody else wants yeah. you to do. You know, that's... that's because one, one person will say, I love the show that you just put out. The next person will say, that was the worst wretched thing I've ever listened to. You know I, what I mean? I, I hear that all the time. Yeah. No. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I hear. Uh, no, but all of these are great points. Yeah, I mean, obviously my show, it's easier because it's all made up, and so it's something new every time. But at the same time, format totally matters. Having a unique format totally works. But also, and he, he ended on it too, personality. Being you, you yeah. are your own, yeah. you are the only you in the world. That's what you're selling. Um, I, I, that's a great point too. That is a, a great way to set yourself apart. It's kind of a, a basic, like simple way to do it. Um, if that uh, speaks to your question, I think we let's let's try to squeeze one more in. Anybody got? Yes, sir. Hmm. It's a great question. Uh, one thing that we do is every 25 episodes, so we're 150, 160 episodes in, every 25 we look back and we say, what worked, what didn't? We have changed our show a lot. A lot. Yeah, we used to do segments, we used to do news segments, we used to do this, now we don't do any of that anymore. You know, we were trying to be different, like stand out by doing, oh, we're going to do, we're talking about how we stand out different. You know, we we're going to do some segments and drops and things and what are we drinking this week and what's different? And it, it, you know what? We've gotten to now, we kind of just, we talk in the beginning and then we dive into the episode. Um, but when we had 150, we just looked back and said, what's working, what's not? And we also, we'll pick some listeners. We do this and reach out and say, what do you like and what's not working? Um, <laughs> last one said, I don't like Brent. <laughs> was one of them. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. it's like yeah, all right. But uh, if you can get rid of it, literally. So, um, but yeah, so that helps too. Thick skin, you know, and ask, ask people, reach out and see what's going on uh, for us. And then to actually say, okay, I will change it. Because once you got a, what was working, it's kind of hard to get out of that and change it. Yeah. I, I've had um, some fun experience with uh, blurry photos as well because uh, I used to do it with a partner. I started out seven years ago doing that, and then the past two years I've been doing it uh, solo, or maybe one and a half. But um, when uh, when my partner and I uh, were doing it, we uh, came from an improv background from the city, and so we would incorporate a lot of uh, that into our show. We did a, uh, a couple of episodes that were completely different format. They were Ken Burns uh, episodes, like if you were watching a Ken Burns documentary... <laughs> Uh, as opposed to just talking about, you know, the subject. We did one that was like an audio um, drama that also told facts, at, like, through the acting of it. And you're talking about how those are received and stuff. Like, for the most part, as long as you don't, like, constantly change and change and have something different, people, for my experience, loved the different stuff. Although there were, you know, of course, one or two that are like, you just did this out of nowhere. You didn't say anything or set it up. I hate you. And so we're like, well, okay, well, we don't care. Um, <laughs> for you guys, have you, have you had to change up and do a lot of stuff, or do you do stuff differently from time to time? When I first started doing my show, I thought I was going to be a serious guy and sit there and do the whisper Batman kind of voice, and I was like, that's all I'm going to sound. I'm going to be the serious, I'm going to be the serious occultist, and my manager comes up to me one day and she says no just be just be you and so my show changed from let me tell you a little spooky news to oh hey there guys let's talk about some spooky news right and it's been a complete change because i used to be the serious guy to the now i'm your johnny carson of the paranormal <laughs> yeah the Form biggest pe okay. sorry go ahead format is is always interesting um my show specifically we had 
we started off with a very structured format. Uh, it was three acts. First act we had, we brought on a made-up expert. Second act, uh, the, the counterpoint would come in and talk, and the third act was Collins. And what would happen, we, no, we noticed this organically, is uh, my, my partner who plays, the, plays the, the skeptic and is supposed to wait until the second act to start talking would always start out talking in the first act. And then we would play on that and you know, give a hard time, but eventually we are just like, we just got to drop it. And we kind of just let it evolve into what it is. And then now we like to play, we still have you know, a fairly, fairly basic format, but we like to take single episodes and mess with that format just to create effect. So like Hickney, who's the host, will just not be there that episode. Or this year coming up, we're going to do a family reunion episode that's going to be completely broken from the format. So even if you do stick to a format, playing with it or, or, or like even just doing one, one that's a break from that can be kind of fun. Yeah, that's a good point. Mark, do you have anything to add real quick? Yeah, let me just finish it out for us. Because <laughs> we, got, we got the hand sign. Um, so nobody, hopefully, is being forced to do a podcast in this room. Um, if you change something with your show, solicit your audience like through social media or on your episode and say, hey, let me know what you think. And if you get a resounding, we really dislike this, then maybe consider that input. But ultimately, do what you enjoy doing because this is your project. And if you don't like it, then you're creating work for yourself for no purpose. So it's got to stay fun for you. And if that means changing things up, you know, tie yourself to a bed, whatever you got to do, <laughs> then change it up. But just enjoy the process. If you guys uh, want to know more, want to meet these guys, we'll be here for a little while. So for Brent Han, Mark Soloff, Nick Mataragas, Bob Anderson and me, David Flora. Thank you to Wizard World for having us, and thank you guys for being here. Yeah, thank Enjoy you guys very much. Absolutely. We did it with you. Yeah. Count Panic, I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at.